Hey y'all, and welcome back to Native Soil. Today we conclude our series reflecting upon the poor. And to conclude this series, I want to tell you one of my favorite stories. This is a story that I heard once. It's a true story from a Irish nun named Sister Breege McKenna. It's like the most Irish name you've ever heard of, Breege McKenna. But Sister Breege um, is a sister that has traveled around the world preaching, teaching, praying, encouraging, giving missions. She has a particular heart for encouraging priests and seminarians and praying with them and and um, and preaching to them. I heard her once come to do a mission at, uh, well, she came to our seminary and ministered to us. And she also actually came to Christ King Parish in Daphne uh, a couple years ago. So anyway, she's a wonderful person. You can um, find her talks on YouTube. You can find a number of books she's written. But anyways, I heard her talk one time and she, she, she told this story that I wanted to share today to kind of conclude our um, series. And the, the story that she told was about when she visited Guatemala for the first time. And when she went to Guatemala, she visited many different places. But one of the places she visited was a very remote rural village. It's kind of village that's so remote that only has mass celebrated there once, maybe twice a year if they're lucky. It just uh, takes the priest a long time to kind of travel and, and make it out to this very remote area. And she happened to be accompanying a priest as he made it out to this rural village. And she said that as they showed up in this small village, she said it was like something out of the Gospels. Because as everyone gathered, there are people walking down from the hillside. There are people walking up from the valley. There are people walking out of the forest. There were some people walking for several days to show up to this mass. And as she saw all this come together, she thought to herself, huh, this is kind of different. Then she noticed that people were preparing for this mass in a field and they were setting up chairs into aisles. And one of the things she noticed was that all of the elderly and infirmed, they were trying to seat as close to the altar as possible. They were filling those seats first. And, you know, being used to most Catholic settings where <laughs> the, the, the seats are filled from the back to the front, she thought to herself, huh, this is kind of different. And she's with the priest and helping him kind of get vested and ready for mass. And right before he's about to process in, this young mother comes running up with her newborn son and gets their attention and says, father, sister, please help my son. And she kind of shows her son to them and they look down and all down the baby's face, he has a very bad facial deformity. And so the Holy Spirit inspired this priest to take the child to calm down the mother. And he just walked over and placed the baby right underneath the altar. And he just left him there. And he came back to the mother and just said, you know, just go have a seat. You can get him after mass. So that was it. And Sister Breeze thought to herself, huh, this is kind of different. So mass starts and the music starts up and the father starts processing. And the first thing that caught Sister Breeze's attention is the people weren't just singing they were belting the lyrics out at the top of their lungs like it was the first and only chance they had to give praise to God and to, and to lift their voices to him. And sister thought to herself again, huh, this is kind of different. 
When they started to say the responses of the mass, they weren't just saying it, but Sister recognized that they were shouting the responses back as it was their first and last chance to have a conversation with God and his church. And she thought to herself again, huh, this is kind of different. It got to the point of the consecration and the priest is holding up the body of Christ to the people. And she had her eyes closed and was praying. At some point, she decided to open her eyes and to look at our Lord. And right as she does, she realized she's the only person in this field that is not face down, prostrate on the ground in front of our Lord. And she thought to herself, huh, this is kind of different. And so mass ends and there's this great spirit of joy. There's excitement in the air. And um, she's just taking all this in and she comes back. She's talking to the priest. She's helping him get unvested. And she's just telling him, I don't know if I've ever been to a mass quite like this. The fervency, the joy, the spirit is palpable, you know. And the father said, yeah, you know, in these rural places, the faith, faith is very strong. And just as they're having this conversation, here comes that young mother. She's recollected her, her, her child and she's running up to him with great excitement. She runs up to him and she says, father, sister. Look, and they look down and they look down at the child and the baby's face is completely normal. It's been healed. And Sister Breeze looked at that child and her reaction was, how did this happen? She said, how did this happen? And that young, humble mother looked at Sister and, and said, Sister, did not Jesus just visit our village? Did not Jesus just visit our village? Ooh, sister said at that moment, she felt like she was this big. She goes, here, I'm a nun. I'm married to Jesus. I've given my whole life to Jesus, and I'm having a hard time believe that he could work a miracle like this. Surely in the gospel, surely years away, but today, right now, in front of my eyes, how is this possible? I'm sitting there listening as a priest and thinking to myself, dang, what if someone brought me their sick child before mass? What would I do? Just, well, man, we're going to put him right on the altar. You'll pick him up after mass. He'll be good as new. <laughs> it challenged my faith to hear that story. It challenged me to look at the reality of what Christ had done. And there are many aspects of that story to unpack. But one Sister Breeze pointed to, she said, is to look at the faith of that young mother. She said, that young, poor mother came to Mass, not just with faith, but with expectant faith. She didn't just come to Mass with belief that Jesus would be there in the Eucharist and in his word, but she believed and she expected that that same Jesus could actually do something for her. It's the same kind of faith that all the people had in the Gospels who brought their sick they're lame, they're blind, they're demon-possessed, even their dead children to Jesus, asking him, please help. And time and time again, Jesus helped. He healed, he saved, he raised from the dead, he forgave sins. And this is the kind of faith that this mother had. And so many times when Jesus would heal, he would say, go away, your faith has healed you. Remember the centurion that came to Jesus on behalf of his favorite servant who was sick. He said, Jesus, my servant is sick. Could you please come and heal him? And Jesus said, show me where he is. And the centurion said, listen, I know what it is to have people under my authority. As a centurion, you know, I tell people to go and they go. The soldiers obey what I say. He said, Jesus, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. But only say the word 
and my servant shall be healed. And sister pointed out, you know, there's, there's no coincidence that those are the last words the church asks us to pray before we approach the altar to receive Jesus or even just to be in his presence and receive a blessing in his presence. Because in this moment, every moment when we come to Mass, Sister said, you know, every time we get to Mass, it's an opportunity for us to reprofess our faith in Jesus. And to say, Jesus, I love you. I believe in you. I believe that you are going to be here on the altar. And I ask you to come and heal me of my anxiety. Heal me of my depression. Heal me of the resentment I have in my heart toward my parents for those things that they did that hurt me when I was young. Heal me of the frustration I have with my siblings. Heal me of the discord that I have in my own family. Heal me of this sin that I can't seem to shake. Heal me of this character flaw that has dogged me my whole life. Heal me of my back pain. Heal me of my cancer. Whatever it is in our life that we need, she encouraged us not to miss the chance to ask Jesus in the Eucharist for what we actually need, to invite him to be the savior of our life. And many times she says, we hesitate to do this. Because we think to ourselves, well, what if I ask and he doesn't do it? What if I put myself out there and the Lord kind of leaves me hanging? Wouldn't I feel foolish? Wouldn't I feel sheepish? And she said, you know, we must remember the simple words of Jesus to us in the Gospels. You know, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Now, Jesus doesn't say when. He doesn't say how. You know, and sometimes maybe the answer is going to be no. You know, I heard a priest say one time, you know, if uh, what if what if God answered every single prayer we ever made? Like, I'd probably be in jail. <laughs> I mean, think about what if God answered every passing prayer you ever threw up there at him. Um, but again, you know, Jesus says, you know, what father, you know, if a child asked him for a fish, would hand him a steak, a snake? Or a child asked for a loaf of bread, would he hand him a scorpion? He said, if your earthly fathers know what to give you, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit in accordance with what you need? And so there is this challenge, Sister Bridge laid, to really bring ourselves before Jesus and to ask him for what we need, to not shy away from that and trust that he knows what's best for us. Just as when we're kids, we trust our parents know what's best for us. Our teachers know what's best for us. Our priests, our coaches, our teachers, they know what's best for us. So we put ourselves in their hands. There's something really important for us to ask Jesus for what we need. Because when we ask we place ourselves in somebody's hands. Every kid knows where the cookies are. Every kid knows where a candy bar is if he wants one. But when he comes and he actually asks his parents, his grandparents, he's putting himself, herself in their hands and saying, I trust you. I trust that you know what I need. You know, I trust that you know what I need even better than me. So I put myself in your hands. And so there is this invitation, you know, to ask. Um, the sister Bridge, you know, has written a lot of things. There's one book. It's a beautiful book. If this story resonates with you, it's called miracles do happen. This is what it looks like. And she kind of tells her own story of how she kind of was introduced more to the supernatural elements of faith, of life, of healing. And, you know, she experienced a, a physical healing herself when she was a young sister. 
It's an amazing book that kind of helps us to reflect more about just the real, actual power of Jesus in our life. Another aspect of that story that I think is um, so touching is to think about how intensely God must have loved that young mother and their son. How carefully that he cared for them. Even 2,000 years before, you know, he saw that need on the horizon and he sends his only begotten son into this world to live like one of us, to rejoice like one of us, to be bored like one of us, to suffer like one of us, and to die for us. And to be with us, Emmanuel, like God, God with us, to be with us. And the night before he died, you know, Jesus gathers 12 apostles with him, first 12 priests, because he had this desire to continue to be present with his people until the end of time. And so he gathered these 12 men and he broke bread and he blessed it and he raised it to the Father and he gave it to him. And he said, you know, take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, you know, broken for you. He took wine, he blessed it, he raised it to the Father, he gave it to his disciples. He said, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is my blood, which will be poured out for you. And in doing so, he gives them this commission, he ordains them as priests, and these 12 men do just that. You know, once Jesus has died and risen from the dead, he they are celebrating the Eucharist. You can see it as early as the road to Emmaus story at the end of the Gospel of Luke. They're breaking bread. Jesus was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And these people, they scatter out to different places. You know, they all had their native soil there in Israel, in Jerusalem, but the Holy Spirit sends them out to different places and they break bread and they bless wine and they bring Jesus, they bring Jesus's presence to the villages of, uh, of, of the towns where the Holy Spirit sends them. And before they die, they gather other men who have this calling. They breathe on them the Holy Spirit. They lay hands on them. They pray over them. And they give them that same power to bring Jesus and to be Jesus, to be an icon of Jesus for the world around them. And so then those people carry it to other villages and so on and so forth for 2,000 years until this unnamed priest shows up in the middle of nowhere Guatemala to bring Jesus into that field for the sake of that young mother and that young son in their moment of need. How much God must love that young mother and her son and how much he must love each one of us to bring us the living presence of his son Jesus in the Eucharist at all the altars of all the churches all around the world, but particularly, you know, as we think here on our native soil in the Archdiocese of Mobile. How many people have had to sacrifice their life over the years? How many people have had to pray, have had to labor to, for us to arrive at this point of encounter with Jesus there in the Eucharist? And um, all of that to say, you know, the, the, the greatest poverty in the world, we've been reflecting upon the poor and the poverty, but the greatest poverty in the world in all of our lives, no matter what our situation, is a poverty of Jesus. He is the answer to everything in our life. He is the truth, the way, and the life. You know, our hearts are restless until they rest in God, and God makes himself present to us in his son, Jesus. And as Catholics, we have this incredible, incredible gift in the Eucharist to be right there with Jesus. 
This past year, we declared the whole year the Eucharist. The bishops of the United States have declared, you know, all these initiatives with the Eucharistic Congress and all this stuff for us to keep meditating upon this. But um, it's worth talking about, you know, there's so many different kinds of poverty, but the greatest poverty in all of our lives, and it's important as we minister to the poor in different ways to keep uh, our greatest need in mind, and that is for Jesus himself, for a Savior, somebody who saves us from our sins, but somebody who meets us and accompanies us and is with us in the deepest, most personal, most intimate way possible in every moment of our life until he has prepared us you know, to bring us to our final destination, the native soil, which is heaven itself. There's a great, great quote from John Paul II that really speaks to this. And he said once, it is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. He is waiting for you when nothing else you find satisfies you. He is the beauty to which you are so attracted. It is he who provoked you with that thirst for fullness that will not let you settle for compromise. It is he who urges you to shed the mask of a false life. It is he who reads in your hearts your most genuine choices, the choices that others try to stifle. And I think this is really our challenge, is to choose Jesus. To choose Jesus in all the moments of our life. And part of choosing Jesus is choosing him present to us in the poor present to us in the Eucharist, present to us in our hearts. But to make those daily decisions and every little decision of life, really we have a choice to choose Jesus or something else. And um, I think all of us to consider as we, as we end this series of how is God calling you to help bring Jesus to the villages of our world and particularly to the villages of our native soil. You know, surely those of you listening, I encourage you to think about, you know, you young men to think about being priests. You know, we need more priests to be Jesus and bring Jesus to the villages of our native soil. There are still many people in our diocese who don't really know Jesus and surely don't know him fully present in the Eucharist. There's still many places, you know, that still have not had that blessing of encountering the, the mercy of Jesus in the sacrament of confession. And all these things. So obviously, you know, I invite the young men to think about that, pray with that story. You know, does God want to turn you into a vessel that can bring Jesus fully present, you know, in the Eucharist and all the sacraments and in your very life? You know, if you're going to be a priest, Jesus is going to unite you to himself in such a way that you become a very real icon, a very real bridge in people's lives to the living Lord. But all of us have a role to play. And as we reflect, you know, maybe you go back through some of these episodes, particularly an episode that really resonated with you, and really allow the Lord to speak to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to stir within you and help you to understand not if, but how Jesus wants to use you to bring himself into the world. That's what's going to bring the renewal of our native soil, and we're all going to have a certain role to play in that. And surely there Jesus is united to the poor in a very special way, waiting for us to love him, waiting for us to care for him, clothe him, visit him in prison, and all these different things. But as we take on all these ministries, um, I love this story just to think about, um, you know, that the expectant faith that that young mother had rose out of her poverty. 
She had no other recourse. So many times in the gospels, people have no other recourse. Think about how desperate someone must be to go to a 30 year old carpenter and ask him to heal them physically. (laughs) This guy has zero credentials to actually help you other than something supernatural being at work. But uh, the poor, you know, can help evangelize us and get us into that place where we realize all of us are dependent upon Jesus for what we need. And so let us not be afraid to get in front of him and ask him. And I encourage you particularly the next time you go to mass, come to mass and ask the Lord to give you expectant faith. Faith that would would give you the courage to ask Jesus for what you actually need, to give Jesus a chance to be your Lord, your Savior, your friend, your Redeemer in the concrete circumstances that you're going through today. And um, that's pretty much the note I want to end on is that. So I appreciate y'all journeying with us as we reflect on the poor in our midst And uh, we'll turn to the Blessed Mother, as always, and just ask her um, to show us what it looks like to bring Jesus to others. She brought us Jesus. That's why she's so great. That's why we honor her so much. She brought us the answer to the deepest longings of our hearts and every human heart that will ever exist. And so she has a special role in showing us how to do that in our own life. And so let's let's really ask her to to ask us to come alongside her and say yes. Say yes to the ways in which God wants to use us, you know, to bring Jesus more fully, more robustly to all the villages of our native soil. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And through her powerful intercession, may of God bless you, bless our native soil. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, God bless y'all and look forward to seeing you back here with us on Native Soil.